Well, this is part seven, if you haven't kept track, of uh, Second Peter. We've got a few more to go. We're going to finish up chapter two today. But this is probably not a surprise to you that God is not politically correct. God is not really worried too much about, well, I don't want to offend them. I don't want them to feel bad type thing. I mean, God is love. He is. But he has no problem of saying what needs to be said. And sometimes very straightforward. Uh, I always say that, you know, two by four up beside my head doesn't work. In the Stevenson, you need a six by six or a four by ten or something to, to get my attention. But God has no problem telling things like it is. And when he sees the human heart... He says in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Now the thing is, God can change a heart. It's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that that can change. But what we'll learn today is it's easy to pretend, to counterfeit. It's easy to put on a facade that looks like something, but in true, it's not. And um, as we've been working through Peter, Second Peter, it talks about basically the general theme is how to battle against false prophets, false doctrines, and moral corruption. That if that's not, it was true then, but it is true today. And we've talked about that there's a divine work that's happened in your life. I mean, something supernatural has happened in a soul of a believer in Christ, that we get to partner with him with this redemption of man, that he wants us to partner with him. We've talked about our salvation, that our salvation is is pure and complete, but we need to diligently pursue growth in that, plug, growing strong. I'm going to tell you, the first thing I ever did when I became a Christian is I went through the same program, Growing Strong, that Larry's teaching. I mean, obviously, it's adapted through 40 years. But I still remember those verses. Those are foundational to me and, and what got me started on the right path. We talked about the Word of God. It's our only absolute, infallible, inerrant, reliable source of truth, and that's the Bible. And I will hound on that again today. I will not stop beating that drum. Last week we talked about the judgment is severe. It's going to happen. False prophets are going to be judged. God is going to judge the world, but he knows how to rescue. And he's promised that, and that is secure for us. Now when we finish up chapter 2 here, I love how Swindoll put this as far as what he's saying in this passage. It says, the tone of this passage feels more like a walk through a sleazy back alleys, a foul-smelling ghetto where shameless conditions accost our moral senses, a putrid waste in a gutter. He describes the useless and fruitlessness of the unbeliever in the dark drab colors pointing to their future judgment for rejecting God's word and God's son and leading others astray. So if you have your Bibles, your smartphone devices, go to 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 12. We're going to read through the end of the chapter to get the whole context of this. Verse 12 says, But these men, speaking of the false teachers, blaspheme in matters that they do not understand. They are like a brute beast, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like beasts, they too will perish. They'll be paid back with harm for the harm they have done, 
Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked by, for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These men are springs without water and mists driven by a storm, blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for a man is slave to whatever has mastered him. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were in the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed, goes back to a wallow in the mud. And today's main point is very biblical. I just read it. Don't be fooled by vomit-eating dogs or muddy pigs. (laughs) That's the point of this. Did he say vomit? I just had breakfast. Okay, I didn't say it. God said it. He wants to get a picture, and there's some other pictures in this that is meant to go, that's kind of sick. That's the point. Don't get entangled. Don't be fooled by these dogs who just eat their own vomit, these pigs that you wash them and then they return right to the mud. Don't be fooled by them. Now what's interesting, every book in the New Testament, but Philemon, the only book in the New Testament, every other book warns against false teachers. Every one of them. Yes, because they're everywhere. They're not here, they're usually in the second service. So they are everywhere. And now they're, they're on your TVs, they're on your podcasts, they're on your bookshelves, they are everywhere. So don't be fooled by these vomit-eating dogs and muddy pigs. I'm going to say that a lot today. So just get used to the word vomit and be comfortable with it, okay? Because he's talking about false teachers. I'll use a big word. They were apostates. Now, apostate means this, apostasy. A defiance or an established system or authority, a rebellion, an abandonment, or breach of faith. What's interesting, in the first century, this was applied to political means, which I don't think it's a bad word when I think of that, but I won't go there. Apostasy falls in two different forms. It's one, falling away from key doctrines of the Bible, deity of Christ, the word of God being inerrant, the Trinity, just list a name. All of a sudden, I don't know if it's that important, you know, that Jesus Christ was divine. I don't, you know, the Bible's a good book. It's, It's not that important that we consider it the words of God and a gentle pulling away. But what eventually happens, because you got to start there, is a complete renunciation of the Christian faith. 
And you're seeing that so much so. I mean, if you follow news, especially within Christian circles, how many Christian artists have now denied the faith? People that you used to listen to all the time. And now they're reconstructing themselves. Or I should say, deconstructing themselves. That's their word. That they've been pulled away, they've been blessed. I mean, even someone I follow greatly, John Piper, his son, full-blown atheist now. He's got his own channel and just blasts everything about it. A fallen away. And we're warned, we said that during our Revelation series, there is going to be a great apostasy in the end times, guys. It's going to start to cost people to come to church. And you're going to see people, people that you would have bet good money on that would never fall away. Second Peter is addressing these who are purposefully trying to draw people away. Second Peter 2.12 says, but these men blaspheme in matters that they don't understand. They're like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed like beasts. They too will perish. These brute beasts, I mean, we're divine. Humans are endowed with divine superiority, if you will, over the beast. But these guys are unreasoning animals. They just do what they are because of their instinct. There was a story out of Egypt, a, a, a zoo with, for children. And these children are lined up. And here comes this guy named Islam, 35 years old, has three lions in there. And the lions attack him and kill him. I mean, it's all videos. The music, happy music is playing in front of the kids. All of a sudden, the lions attack and kill them, which is what they do, okay? It's their instinct. You can say, oh, no, he's a pet. No, they just decided one day, I'm hungry now, and they killed him right there on the spot. That's what animals do, animals do, by instinct. And Peter's wasted. These guys are brute beasts. They're creatures of instinct. But they, too, will perish don't be fooled by these people. Don't be fooled because they're vomit-eating dogs and money pigs. In verse 13, now again, Peter's wasting no words here. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. This paid back with harm means to be injured, to be hurt, to be damaged. He's saying these guys... Remember last week we talked about the angels, the really bad angels that went to the hell hole of hell? There's worse reserved for these apostates who are pulling children of God, trying to pull away believers in Christ, trying to pull away those who are just beginning to understand things away. They are going to be under stricter judgment. Jesus said this, Matthew 18, 5 through 7, and whoever welcomes a little child like this in the name welcomes me. But here's a big but. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man to whom they come. You've got the Son of God saying, I mean, you say, well, Peter said that. When you've got the Son of God say, you cause one of these little ones to sin, you might as well just drown yourself. And before we get kind of caught up, I stopped and I said, wait a minute. Before I start pointing fingers, you know, those apostates, those false teachers, is my life in any way pulling people away? 
Do I live in such a way? Do you live in such a way? That yeah, we may have a facade of it, but deep down inside, there's nothing about us other than where we sit on Sunday morning that's different than anything in the world. By our lifestyle, are we pulling people away? That once we get out of here, does it really even make a difference? Is the way I live my life leading people to follow Jesus or turn away? Because we're warned against that. Verse 13 continues to say they will be paid back for harm for harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. Now what's interesting, pagan Roman world, they didn't have a problem with drunkenness or sexuality. You, know, you just have sex with whoever, whatever, whenever you want. Not whenever, because you couldn't do it at night. I mean, couldn't do it during the day. They had strict rules. That is reserved for nighttime, not daytime. I mean, even the pagan Romans said, hey, there's a limit to where we, we can, should do this. And that's why when Peter writes, that, writes this, these guys, you thought the Romans, these guys do it in broad daylight. They don't care. And it says, I mean, Jude 1.12 says, these men are blemishes at their own love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves, because this word carousing also means eats with you. There's a bunch of scripture you can look up in your notes that these people were coming into the church for the great feast and the communion. They'll take communion. They don't got a problem. It's just grape juice or wine and cracker. But they will just fit in right with you and that would be funny and they'll laugh and they're attractive. But their whole purpose is to, be, to draw people away. And don't be fooled by these vomit-eating dogs and muddy pigs. Because there are blots and blemishes, verse 13 says. This is where it kind of gets gross again. There are filthy spots, disease, pus coming out. He just said, did he just say vomit and pus in the same line? Yes. It's meant to make you sick because that's what these people are. They're trying to drag you away. They're trying to entice you away. That's their job. And they got no problem just hanging out with you and doing it. Guys, I've been around, there are times, as a matter of fact, I even wrote it down in my Bible where I was at a function, I was at a table, there were people that I knew who were, said they were followers of Christ, and they were getting as drunk as anything, and it didn't matter I was sitting there. And I, I'm just going to say it personally, I just go, man, a pastor sitting at the table, don't, it don't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, I literally wrote it down in my Bible. It impacted me that much. I mean, I tried. It's not personal. Maybe they don't think I'm done. I, mean, I wish I could have lightning. You know, just like, no, I can't do that. It's not my job. That's God's job. But there was nothing. No worry. No, I'm sorry about that, Pastor Tim. I mean, I've been with officers that we're sitting there, we're going to a, to a house on something, and the guy's picking up a TV, and I'm trying to talk to him because I know the guy's saying, dude, you, you got to put the TV down. This is my TV, and he goes off, and the officer just starts F-bombing this. You're going to do this. And mid-sentence, he said, sorry about that, Pastor Tim. But, oh, man, he just started in on it again. But these guys, they're blemishes and spots. They don't. It says, with eyes full of adultery, verse 14, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in their greed. 
When it says having eyes full of adultery, everyone's a target. Everyone. See someone walk in. Okay, there's one. There's one. I think I got that. Get that one. Seducing and enticing. This is back to that fishing thing. They're baiting you with enough tr truth to hook you. 2 Timothy 3, 6 and 8 says, they are the kind who warn, this is what Paul says, they are the kind who warn, warn their way into houses and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth, just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses. So these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. Again, verse 14 says, these people are experts in greed. And this word experts in greed, experts is the word where we get the word gymnasium from. William Barclay, who's an excellent at word, searching out words, he says this of the word experts. The picture is a terrible one. These people have actually trained and equipped and taught their minds and hearts to concentrate on nothing but the forbidden desires. They have deliberately, it's over and over again, deliberately fought with conscience until they have destroyed it. They have deliberately wrestled with God until they have thrown God out of their life. They have deliberately struggled with their inner feelings until they have strangled them. They have deliberately trained themselves to concentrate on the forbidden things. Their lives have been a dreadful battle to destroy virtue and to train themselves in the techniques of sin. I mean, I, I'm sure you've battled with your conscience and kind of wrestled with things. These guys wrestle to choke the conscience out, to coach that virtue out, to just, oh, what I got to do to maintain my status, to maintain my sin, to be an expert. And this is not accidental. This is premeditated. This is not someone momentary sliding. This is intentional. Don't be fooled by vomit-eating dogs in a muddy pit. The rest of 14 says they're not only experts in greed, they're an accursed brood. It's a powerful word when you're saying accursed. You guys are bound for hell. I mean, Paul talks about them in Ephesians 2 that they're objects of wrath, intentionally set up to do their way. And verse 15 says, For they have left the straight way and wandered from following, following the way of, and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor. Remember, we did a talk about that. It's in your notes. If you want to go back to the YouTube talk, it was back in April that we talked about Balaam and the talking donkey. So I'm not going to go into that. You can watch that. It's noted in your notes there. But these guys followed Balaam, who was only in it for the money. Even though God spoke, even though God told them what to do, they continued to go their own way, their own way. And that's what Peter said. These guys have left straight. They've wandered off. They've exchanged, pro, exchanged principle for profit. There's a story of a, a bank manager who, who comes to his bank teller and says, hey, would you be willing for $25,000 to do a little book fixing? 
if you were to, to get some profit off it? And the bank teller says, well, sure, for $25,000. I'll do that. Would you do it for $100? Bank teller says, what do you think I am? Some kind of cheap thief? No, we've already established, she says, that you're a thief. We're just arguing about price now. Because everyone has their price. Every fake has a price of what he's willing to give up, what he's willing to sell. And there are lots of them, guys. Don't be fooled by these dogs who just go back to eating their vomit to these pigs who are washed, you think, and returned back to their life. Peter goes on to say in verse 17, these men are springs without water, mist driven by a storm, Blackest, that darkness, is reserved for them. There's a film called Sahara. This is not the Matthew McConaughey Sahara. This is a World War II Humphrey Bogart where he's, he's part of a tank crew and Rommel's on his heels and he's got to go south across the Sahara, which was, man, they don't have much water, they don't have much gas, but they knew of an oasis. If they could just get to the oasis, they'd be okay. And if the movie's about this trek to the oasis and when they get there... It's all sand. The well is as full as sand. That's what these guys were. They're springs without water. They're, they're illusion. They're just a mirage. They talk big. That's why it says mist driven by storms. You see, you, you see clouds coming there. Look, man, this is full of rain. But they deliver nothing. They're all show. They even make sounds of light. Oh, look at the lightning and thunder. Ooh. Nothing to quench your thirst. So John 7, 37, this is what it said to Jesus. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within them. But for these guys, these gals, darkest blackness is reserved. Don't be fooled by the vomit-eating dogs in the mud pigs. Verse 18. For they mouth, they mouth empty, boastful words. And by appealing to the lustful desire of the sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in air. And they promise freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. They appeal to the sinful nature. Because we all have sinful nature still. It's a battle inside between, between what God has done in my life and that sinful nature. And so every day, I've got to battle with the sinful nature. I've got to decide who I'm going to feed in the process. But these guys know I got, I'm going to go at that part. And I'm going to pick the people that are just, just checking this stuff out. They're not going to go to people who've been in it for a long time, know the word, they're in the word already. Now, nah, those people are a waste of time. Who can I find? Who can I pick? Because their eyes are always set, scanning, looking, putting the bait out there to grab hold of them. There was a brother in Christ named Irenaeus, 130 AD. He grew up in the church in Smyrna, went to Rome, and then was sent to France. He was called Irenaeus of Lyons, Lyons, France. And there he faced false teachers all the time to the point he wrote a five-volume set 
on dealing with false teachers, false prophets. This is what he says. Error, indeed, is never set forth in naked deformity. It's naked deformity. Last, being this exposed, it should be at once be detected, but is craftily decked out in an attractive dress. This is your best life. So as, by its outward form, to make it appear to the inexperienced, ridiculous as that expression may seem, more true than the truth itself. It's disguised. It just, it just sounds right. It sounds biblical. It sounds like something God would say and want for me. Always enticing. Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say, cheap grace. Not true grace. Don't be fooled by these vomit-eating dogs and muddy pigs. For if they had escaped the corruption of the world, verse 20 says, by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome. Now, understand, these are not confused Christian. These are not guys who are kind of doubting about their faith. This is not a people, man, I just, I don't, I don't know. Or I sinned yesterday. Does this include me? This is not what it's talking about because that would include all of us if that were true. This is about a certain group of people. They're intellectually aware of Jesus. Oh, they know about Jesus. Because I mean, I know who Jesus is. Yeah, he was a historical character. Man, Jesus is my best friend. Me, me and him are buds. But that's, it's all talk. It's not about their relationship has transformed their heart in any way. They're intellectual about it. They have some understanding, but they have not allowed God to transform their heart. It's just a facade. It's just a counterfeit. It's all on the outside. Could that describe us today? Yeah, I know about, but I don't know him. And guys, God wants to be known. I mean, the word known really is like in a marriage where two people get married and they know each other sexually, that intimacy that is there. That the desire of God is intimate, into me see. They want, God wants us to see into him because he can see into us. He wants us to pursue. He wants us to have the desire, not just a facade, not just something we put on the outside to fool everybody up. It's not about moral reform. It's not if I get some good teaching, I'll, I'll be a good person because being good is what it's all about. Guys, there's going to be a lot of good people in heaven because they thought their goodness could get them there. Problem with goodness, I can always find somebody gooder than me. Verses 20 21 says of Peter, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. What? The last state is much worse than the, the first. It had been better for them not to even know than to have known it and turn their backs on it, on the sacred command that he has passed on to them. Now, so ignorance of the truth is better than apostasy? Okay. You can be ignorant of the truth, but still come to know Jesus. 
But here's the problem. Most people who choose to fall away, I mean apostatize, just this is all garbage, this is all this, very rarely, it's not impossible, but very rarely is it that you can get them back. Once they've tasted of it, that they don't want anything to do with it. Now, there's bad experiences that people have at church. I get it. Maybe some of you have had a bad experience at church. I, I get that part. But when you totally turn away, when you totally apostatize, Peter's saying, it, it would have been better for you never heard it in the first place. If you're ignorant, you can still be one. The problem is, if you fall away, now you're going to influence other people. That's the problem. And that's why I said, guys, greater judgment is for those who choose to all of a sudden, not only am I falling away, I'm going to tell everyone and their mother that this is all garbage, this is all crap. I was watching a comedian who I thought was funny, and the minute he, he started going off on God, and I had to click it off, I'm going, I won't be listening to him anymore. Of those who have tasted, not fully known, they know about, now have turned it had been better for them to never heard it in the first place. Verse 22. Of them the Proverbs are true. This is out of, out of the book of Proverbs. A dog returns to its vomit. A sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. Now, understand, guys. It's not talking about little Fifi at home, all right? Understand, in those days, in, in, in Rome and all the dogs were like pack animals. They're like a bunch of rats that just scavenged. They were not pets back then, all right? These things were vicious. And I don't know about you, have you ever seen your dog throw up and then go lick it up? I have. And you just, ah, why are you doing that? Because it's a dog. That's what dogs do. Don't be fooled by them. Don't be fooled by these apostates, these false teachers that just, they'll return to their vomit like that. You wash them, they're a pretty pig, but you put a tux on a pig, guys, it's still a pig, all right? They're not going to change in these false prophets. That's what they are. And what is needed is discernment as believers. You need discernment. Spurgeon says this. I, I, I love this statement of Spurgeon. Discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. I mean, I, I think most of us have the discernment from right and wrong. This is bad. This is good. And that, that, that's a mark of maturity to do that. But to know the difference between what is right and almost right. Back to they bait it. They put some some good stuff around that hook just to get you to bring, reel you in. Because it sounds right, and they use the Bible. So it must be okay. They call themselves a Christian, so they're good. I saw a tattoo of a cross on their arm. I saw them wear a chain with a cross on them, so they must be good. Guys, no. I have to be in the Word. I gain discernment by being in the Word. Hebrews 5.14 says this. But solid food is for the mature who by, what's the word there? Constant use. Have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's why these, apostles, these false teachers, apostles, they don't go after people who are in the world. They don't go after people who are grounded. They go after people that may have a Bible, but they rarely read it or 
when they're told to or felt guilty about they sin, I've got to get back in the Bible. They've not been trained by it. It's when your soul has been constantly using the word that you can, you know, that just doesn't smell right. Yeah, he's got a smile. And yeah, he's got, got a Bible in his hand. Look at how many people are following him. Look at all the TikTok followers and Facebook followers and all. Wow, he is popular, so he must have the truth. Guys, you got to go deeper. Discernment is, is, is checking those things out. It gives a, per, a, a proper frame of mind to smell a rat out. Also, just don't feel right. And, and those bells and whistles that go off in your soul that say, that's not right. Don't just push them aside. I mean, that little warning, Will Robinson, warning that's going off is there for a purpose. Listen to it. Charles Swindoll put it this way. I, love, I, I, just, I beg borrowed still where I finally Swindoll. I, I can't. This is too good. How can you be, not be taken by a vomit-eating dog? Stop believing everything you hear. And I'm saying that, guys, check me out. Well, Tim, he's a pastor. He's been here 25 years. I mean, he's got no leg. I think I listen to him. <laughs> sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he's... No, check it out. Open your Bible. Make sure you check these things out. Stop believing everything you hear. And the only way to do that is go back to the Word yourself. How can you not get taken by a muddy pig? Quit being so gullible. All right, now some people are just naturally gullible. Don't raise your hands if you're sitting next to one, all right? I mean, I love, I mean, I, I'm a, people call me, could say I'm a good liar. I'm a good spinner of things. I like to see how far I can get away with, with people just saying, yeah, this happened, and then so-and-so took place, and then if Mike is sitting there in staff meeting, and we, we go off each other, I mean, it's easy to reel some people in, all right? And I enjoy it. I, it's, a, it's a terrible part of my sinful nature, all right? <laughs> but there's some people who are just more gullible than others. Some people just don't believe a single word. No, I doubt it. No, that's not true. That's not true. But some people just go for it. And spiritually, that's true too. If it wasn't, then the false teachers wouldn't have anyone to go after. Quit being so gullible. And lastly... I'm not to be taken by false teachers. Be selective and think. Do not disconnect brain. Realize as a believer in Christ, you have the Spirit of God who is there to teach you all things. Now the key to that, to teach you all things that I have told you. That's what Jesus said. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to teach you all things that I've told you. But here's the deal. If you haven't put it in you, how's the Holy Spirit going to remind you? It's not that the Holy Spirit can just say, hey, there's this great verse in Matthew 25 that you need to look up. He can do that. But this is how it normally works. All of a sudden you're in this thing and all of a sudden Matthew 25 comes rocking in your brain. All of a sudden, you know, a situation where you find yourself in the middle of this problem, this person saying all these things and... I read the next day the verse, hey, put a lock on your tongue. Oh, I wanted to launch off so badly. And right there in the scripture. I mean, it was just the next passage I was reading in Psalms. Put a guard, a lock on your tongue. Okay. I, 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 
That's how the word works. Don't disengage brain. The Holy Spirit is there to, to help you to consider and be selective. If you're all of a sudden seeing somebody that you go, you know, I was reading this person, I heard about this person, what do you think about them? Guys, you do a little research on them and a little background, you'll find a lot of things. Or go to someone that you trust, some, some person who's down the road farther than you are spiritually. What do you think about this person? Well, this is, this is my warning against that. Because this is what he's believing, this is what he's teaching. So there are other better voices to be listening to, to be pump, pumping into your head. Be selective. That's why I was talking with a gentleman last night. That's why in news, I'm very selective. That's why I hardly watch it anymore because I get so amped up. I can only take it in bits and pieces. I can't, I, and I can't even remember the last time I watched Fox News or any, any CNN news because I just, mm. and so what I do is I just, I'll take a five-minute section and, and I'll, I'll get what I need to. I gotta be selective in that. It's true with your Christian walk, guys. Be selective. Everybody that writes a book doesn't mean they're Christian because they say, hey, this is endorsed by so-and-so and so-and-so. Guys, use your brain and think. Don't be fooled by vomit-eating dogs and money pigs because they're everywhere. Hold on to that faith that is secured. Do not allow you to be enticed away because they're good with their smiles and their suits and their followers and their, all the getup that they have going. Stop believing everything you hear. Quit being so gullible. Be selective. Use your mind that God has given you. Listen to the spirit of God that's inside of you to make sure that you're not being slowly taken away, because it doesn't happen like this. It's back to the frog in the kettle. It's slow. And that's why, eh, maybe the Bible really isn't, though. Maybe, you know, is it really important that Jesus was the Son of God? I mean, it's not that big a deal. I mean, all of a sudden, these little things that are being constantly argued, or when someone... How do I say this? When someone gets on the TV and uses scripture and abuses it, I mean, I about come out of my skin. I about come out of my skin. Um, and I just look at that and go, how many people are, um, um, wow, use your brain. Can't you see? Don't be so gullible. Check it out. Listen. Compare it to what the word of God says. You got to get back the book. Beat this drum till day I'm dead. You got to be in the book because that's the only way you're going to smell out of counterfeit. Father in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's there to encourage us and sometimes slap us in the face. Um, Lord, may we be in your word. May we stop believing everything we hear. May we do our homework and be selective and use our brains and use your word that you so bountifully and generously given to us access 24-7. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, God bless you. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. 
More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org.